The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. John tried to prevent him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and yet you are coming to me? Jesus said to him in reply, Allow it now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he allowed him. After Jesus was baptized, he came up from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened for him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming upon him. And a voice came from the heavens, saying, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Last week we celebrated the Epiphany, which is a revelation. The word Epiphany means revelation or manifestation. And even in that celebration where Jesus was visited by the Magi, who in a sense represented all nations, meaning that Christ Jesus was sent to save everybody, that his good news was intended for everybody, everywhere. So to today, we have a revelation not just of Jesus, but of the entire Trinity. We read here that when he came up out of the water, he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming upon him. That's the Holy Spirit in the form of a dove. And then we heard the voice of the Father. This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. Did Jesus really need to be baptized? Technically speaking, no. I mean, he was the Son of God, right? But you could say in his humanity, he was being anointed with the Holy Spirit. And he also got to hear words of affirmation from his Father. Something we all need to hear. Words of affirmation. That the Father was well pleased with him. And notice that this happens before Jesus begins his public ministry. So before Jesus starts to go out and work miracles of any kind, the Father is already pleased with him. I think this is something that we can all take comfort in. That God, our Father, is pleased with us just for who we are. Let me repeat that. God, our Father, is pleased with us just for who we are. That we don't have to make God proud of us. We don't have to earn his love. God created us in his own image and likeness. And so when he looks at us, he sees a reflection of himself that is entirely unique. You've heard me say that up here before. That each and every one of you is a unique blend of truth, goodness, and beauty. Like a good scotch. 
or good coffee. Okay? Each and every one of you is unique. And God sees something in you that he doesn't see in anybody else. And that makes him happy. So you don't have to do anything in order for God to be pleased with you. I actually have a beef with that opening prayer. I didn't read all the way to the bottom. I wish I would have before Mass. Because even that opening prayer hints at this notion that we have to do something in order to maintain God's delight with us. Not true. God is, God's love for us is unchanging. As it says in the letter to the Hebrews, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. What does that mean? It means that his love is unchanging. So there's really nothing that we can do that would make him love us more or less. There's nothing we can do to make God love us more or less. He already loves us to the max. I know that's sometimes hard for us to appreciate. Well, if he loves me that much, then what about that guy? Or what about that lady over there? Like, how can he love us all the same? Or how can he love us all individually in a unique way? Well, he's God. (laughs) You'll have to ask him when you see him. I mean, he's just so much bigger than we are. And so we just have to trust. We have to trust that he does indeed love us with a unique love and that we are indeed pleasing to him just for who we are. And so he's baptized, and in a sense... Jesus made the waters of baptism, if you want to think of it that way, the the River Jordan where he was baptized, and what that symbolized for all of us going forward in the history of the church. Jesus made the waters of baptism holy, you could say. He gave them power. So in a sense, the sacrament of baptism was started right there for all of us. And so when you were baptized, your baptism received power, received meaning and value because Jesus himself was first baptized. Does that make sense? So when we were baptized, we were brought into this life of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We were literally brought into their very nature, into their life, into their communion, into their love. We were brought into it. It was was as if the Father was claiming us for himself through the Son whom he sent, whom he sent as our Redeemer. So the Father was claiming us through the Son in the Spirit, you can say it. (laughs) The Father was claiming us through the Son in the? All right. So we have all been anointed. We are all now anointed ones. That's what it means to be a Christian. 
Christ means the anointed one. So if you call yourself a Christian, what are you saying? What are we saying when we say that we are Catholic Christians? We're saying that we believe that we have been anointed in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. It's like we've been branded. Our souls have been branded. Anybody ever brand an animal before? All right, awesome, yeah. Anybody ever get branded, like in a fraternity or something? (laughs) I did. I'm not real proud of that. I got branded on my arm. Yes, it hurt. But our souls were branded, so to speak, by the Father. The sign of the cross. That's what we've been branded with. Our souls received this indelible mark. What does indelible mean? It can't be erased. It can't be taken away. So we all have received this. Which means we have a new identity. A new identity in Christ. So that's who we are. We're now sons and daughters in the Son. We're sons and daughters in the Son. That's who we are. There's some great songs out there right now. If you haven't heard them, look them up. They've been out for a while, but I am a child of God. I am who you say I am. Who the Son sets free is free indeed. I'm a child of God. Yes, I am. We have to claim that. We have to claim that in faith. Because let's face it, sometimes it doesn't really feel that. It doesn't feel like I'm a child of God. When we get rejected, when we get hurt in some way, when we don't feel loved, we don't really feel like a child of God in that moment, do we? But no matter how we're treated, God wants us to know that in his eyes, we're always precious. Even if people don't treat us in a very precious way. So in God's eyes, we're always precious. Nobody can take that away from us. Let me say that again, especially if you've been abused in any way in particular Nobody can take away your dignity as a child of God. Nobody. And so God wants you to know that today. He wants us all to know this. That whether people respect in us who we are or not, God always respects it. God always honors it. As I said, it's indelible. It can't be taken away. Nobody can defile that which you are. In your essence now. And that's something that we can always rejoice in. That's something that we can always claim. That's something that can give us peace. And we don't have to prove that to anybody. God wants you to know that you're not a loser. You're not a failure. You're a child of God. You're a champion of God. 
You're not the sum of your sins or faults or failures. You're not what other people said you were or what they did to you. You're a child of God. And you don't have to prove that to anybody. God, in a sense, has already proved it. He's already guaranteed it. He's already done the work for you. And I love this line in the, in the second reading today. Peter is speaking in the Acts of the Apostles here. He says, In truth, I see that God shows no partiality. Rather, in every nation, whoever fears him and acts uprightly is acceptable to him. Who approaches him in faith. Who is baptized. God doesn't exclude anybody. And then I, I invite you to go back and to meditate with this first reading, Isaiah chapter 42. Beautiful chapter. It really speaks about what it means to be, a, to be God's anointed one. If you're wondering what it means to be God's anointed one, go back and meditate on that first reading today, Isaiah chapter 42. Beautiful. Here's my servant whom I uphold, my chosen one with whom I am pleased. So as I said, God has claimed you. Another way of saying that is he has chosen you. God has chosen you. And we all have a desire to be chosen, to be wanted, to be included. Well, God has fulfilled that desire. And so I invite you, brothers and sisters, today to claim your identity in Christ and to know that you have, in fact, been anointed, that you have been given power from on high, not just an identity, but also a power and, in a sense, a certain authority to act and to speak in the name of Jesus. To do what Jesus did. To do what Jesus did. Yes. To speak truth. Where there is confusion. Where there are lies. To speak truth. With power and authority. To lay hands. To pray over people. To pray on people. To cast out demons. To pray for healing. Yes. Yes, we have that power. You don't have to be somebody special in order to act in the name of Jesus. Sure, certain people have certain gifts, okay. But we all have been anointed. Each and every one of us. We all have different gifts. But one thing's for sure, we all have been given, in a sense, a mission. We've all been commissioned to go out, to leave here, and to be other Christ's anointed ones. And to walk in that power. To walk in that truth. To walk in that freedom. The freedom of the children of God. That I don't, I'm not a slave to fear. I don't have to be a slave to fear. I am a child of God. Amen.